You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. You can find me on Twitter, of course, all the time. At Locked On Brewers is the handle for the show. And at Cheesehead Talks, with an S at the end, my personal Twitter handle. Come give me a follow and uh, look at the content, interact. Always, like I said, love to hear from you. I'll, I'll give you some tweets back if you comment on the show or on anything that we talk about. Because uh, it's important to get interactive It's important to feel uh, that you can talk about these things, (laughs) especially after last night, right? Ooh. Uh, We'll talk all about the Benny Hill cartoonish ending to the ballgame last night for the Brewers. Uh, I guess I should have played Benny Hill music. I'm not going to. I guess I should have because that was was tough. That's a tough way to lose a ballgame, especially one that you had a lead at. I know it was tied at the time you lost. Uh, so you didn't blow a lead on one play, but you did blow a lead in the game. Ugh. Uh, by the way, you can also find me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers is our show page on Facebook as well. So we'll talk about on today's show uh, all the ups and downs of the ball game last night in the Brewers' loss to the Reds in extra innings. And then uh, we'll also have Dr. Scott on today. He could not make it yesterday because he had to be a doctor. Uh, and had had to be at the hospital with some patients. So we brought him on today uh, because I did think it was important to to talk about Orlando Arcia and also how how you arrive at projected win totals because we see that a lot. uh, You know, if you look around social media, well, the Brewers are projected to win 86 games. Well, how accurate is that? And, and, you know, what does it mean? And how do you change that prediction or, or... you know, how do you break that trend? So we'll talk with Dr. Scott about that. Uh, no show tomorrow because it's the 4th of July. So happy 4th, no show. And then Friday we'll have a show again to recap the Red Series and talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates in the final three games before the All-Star break. So that's what is on tap here with Lockdown Brewers. For the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Lockdown Podcast NBA hosts in one Twitter feed. At Lockdown NBA Net, an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency at Lockdown NBA Net. Three up, three down. Okay, the good, the bad, the ugly here from last night. The Brewers with an ugly loss to the Cincinnati Reds. But let's look at the ups first. Uh, first up being Chase Anderson, uh, a second straight solid start by Chase. Two earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. You'll take that every day of the week. You'd love for him to go the full six, but five and two-thirds, as far as the Brewers are concerned, they do that all the time, that type of stuff. Uh, And so good start by Chase. Uh, Gave up the two-run home run in the first. You thought, "Uh uh-oh, bad Chase is back. It's going to be a long night. 
and he gave some hard hit balls, but then he settled down nicely, and he was cruising and looking good, and, and that is another spot here, another solid start for the Brewers. So now they are really starting to put together a string of solid starts, so that's certainly an up. Second up, the long ball. Uh, nice to see the Brewers get into it, uh, hitting the home runs. You know, they, they had a nice run out put in the, in the first game against Cincinnati, and without a lot of opportunities with runners in scoring position, they put up four runs on home runs, you know, three home runs, uh, two solos and one two-run shot. And obviously, Eric Thames still bringing it offensively. Christian Yelich, second straight night, he homers. And then uh, the two-run shot by Mike Moustakis. So uh, a lot of your star players, including two of your all-stars, hit home runs last night. Nice to see. Third up, <laughs> Cubs and Cardinals lose. <laughs> I know it's only July 2nd here uh, as of yesterday, but... Cubs and Cardinals both lose, and this division continues to be mediocre city, right? And so the Pirates and Reds won because they were playing the Brewers and the Cubs. <laughs> and so the bottom of the division comes up a little bit, but the Brewers still have that game lead here, and I guess that's the third positive I can take out of this game. The downs, well, obviously the number one glaring down is that awfully cartoonish way to lose a game. The Little League loss for the Brewers. If, if we're going to remember this game, and I don't know if we are, but if we are going to remember this game, you just call it Little League Brewers on that final play. Uh, chopper that finds right field, okay. Uh, but then Yelich, who got credited with the error, unfortunately, throws a ball in that Eric Thames should have been able to knock down. We'll hear about that from Craig Council in a minute. But he lets it get by, and then Yasiel Puig, who, you know, you can hate, and I, I don't mind you hating him, but uh, he is, he is, he plays hard, and he's a colorful character, and I think overall it's good for the game of baseball. And he was heads up. He got to home, and the Reds lose, and it's just very depressing to lose a ball game like that. Very depressing. So, absolute cartoonish way to lose the game. Second down, the bullpen. Uh, not that they were awful, but they did give up the lead. Now, I know that the Brewer offense could play a part in that as well, which we'll get to because they didn't tack on any more runs. But, you know, Freddie Peralta gave up a run, then... Matt Albers gave up a run, uh, and then Corbin Burns, not that he gave up the run, and it was unearned, so he doesn't get, he takes the loss, but he doesn't get credit with the earned run, uh, or dinged with the earned run because of the error, but I, I thought the worst part about Burns outing after he got two quick outs and was looking sharp was the 0-2 pitch to Yasiel Puig. He had just made Puig look horrid on two pitches that were down and outside. Yasiel swung at him, missed by a foot both times at least. And then I'm thinking, well, just go back to that. I mean, do it until he proves he can hold off on that pitch. And instead he comes up and gets tons of the plate, and Puig lines a single up the middle. Uh, and again, it's it's not, you know, it's a, it's a hit. Uh, it's not the worst thing ever in the world, but just that you're looking for that that sharpness, that focus, that execution from Corbin Burns. Not quite there yet, even after he looked pretty good uh, to start the inning. And I, this loss is not him. But, you know, the bullpen, uh, just giving up three runs, not good. Uh, and then the third down, not a lot of opportunities, right? It's nice to hit the four home runs, but the Brewers only left three men on base, meaning they didn't get a lot of base runners in this game and put a lot of pressure on opposing pitchers, something they had been doing over the last few games. So I know you credit Tanner Roark, Roark, Roark for that, or Tanner Roark, whatever you say. Uh, but, you know, just as far as this particular ball game goes, not a lot of opportunities to even score runs for the Brewers, and I thought that was unfortunate because not a good chance to tack on runs, which is so important 
obviously, for what you need to do, and the Brewers couldn't do it. And eventually, that's part of the reason why they lost the game. So those are three up, three down. I guess in summary with this game and a lot of these games now, the Brewers had won four or five coming into the game, right? And a chance here with a 4-2 lead late in the game to go up and and win five out of six. And I I thought a real chance to maybe – have a stellar road trip here, build some momentum, you know, maybe going to the all-star break, even get uh, with a really great road trip to 10 games over 500, that, that sort of thing. A loss like this really hurts the opportunity to do that. Now, who knows? Maybe they turn around and, and win, you know, their last five heading into the break. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it, it hurts, you know, because you really had the opportunity to put this one away and continue some momentum and go out, you know, today and take the series in Cincinnati. That would have been huge. But instead, uh, you you let the Reds back in, and then obviously the defensive uh, woes to to lose the game. Are we going to look back at the end of the season at this time in particular of the season during this stretch, this June into July stretch, and say, oh, you had the opportunity? You, you Brewers really had the opportunity. Uh, on the rest of the division here to get up multiple games, comfortable lead in the division. And not that it, it is the end-all and be-all here in June and July, because it's not. There's a long way to go. But, you know, you, you blow a lot of opportunities in these games. You have your big slump, and then you blow a game like this. It's hard, you know. And so we might either say, well, you, you missed a great opportunity to get up big, but every other team in the division could say the same thing right now because everybody's scuffling. Or are we going to look at the season and, and at the end of the year you have a mediocre 88-win division champion? It could happen. You know, that's kind of what's trending toward right now. And and everybody thinks, well, the Cubs will get it together. Well, will they? I, I don't know. I mean, they certainly can. The Brewers can. One team can make a run here. But that's really, you know, what you're thinking. I know that it's – you take solace in the fact that the other teams are scuffling. Nobody's building a lead on you in the division. In fact, you're in first place. But it's just that ominous – feeling right oh boy could be up two games today could be up four games today whatever the case may be but instead you're only up a game and you're only six games over 500 and it's just scuffle city uh, for the entire division so that's really my big takeaway from a game like last night and, and really I guess this whole stretch of baseball going on for the Brewers even though as of late it has been much better so hopefully that's just a blip and it continues to be much better. Let's hear from Chase Anderson, uh, who had a good outing, and he talked about getting over that mistake, the two-run shot that he gave up in the first inning, and moving on to have a good start. I was trying to go up and in there, and just kind of it's kind of sank down the bottom of the zone. That's where he likes it, middle down to the inner third. So you tip your cap, you know, you didn't execute a pitch, and then you move on. So uh, I feel like I was able to do that tonight and get get into the sixth inning. Um, it was a pretty efficient pitch count, so yeah, that's encouraging. And then Craig Council talked about how. On that play, you know, as a manager, what's his perspective here? Well, it's not bad that Thames didn't make the catch, but you cannot let the ball get away in that situation. You have to just knock it down at least. Got away from Eric and got away from him in a way that, uh, you know, just too far away from him. Um, you know, he just, if we, we just knock it down and nothing's going to happen, just got, you know, the throw can't get away from you that much. I guess that's the. You don't have to catch it necessarily, but it can't get away from you that much. But they're going to get hits. You got the first two guys out really, really well. I mean, we got a hit. You know, no big deal. We, we had the guy, you know, be down on the count, and the guy hits a chopper. So, you know, we, we still, in the end, we got to, you know, we didn't make a defensive play, really, and, and not 
you know, just kind of catching a ball and not and really knocking a ball down is what we had to do right there. And I also thought an instri- interesting uh, admission from Craig Council about the eighth inning when Joey Votto came up and hit that double to tie the game that he should have gone to Alex Claudio there and maybe overthought it. I think I made a bad decision there. I had Alex up for Votto, and, and I didn't go to him, and I, I regret that one. I, I, I should have. I overthought it. It was my mistake in, in that situation. But, yeah, Matt had, you know, we get two outs and nobody on there, and, you know, we end up, get, we end up giving up runs. I always do like to hear a, a manager take some responsibility. I mean, it's good, right, uh, just to take a little bit of accountability. You don't have to always admit your mistakes, but in that situation, I, I do like to hear counsel say that and, uh, and, and that he could should have gone to Claudio. Uh, and Brewer fans probably wish he would have gone to Claudio. And how about that? That's kind of strange. Hoping that Alex Claudio comes into the game. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking that. And Brewer Nation hasn't turned to that yet. But Claudio's been really good as of late. It's crazy. Seasons, twists and turns, ups and downs. You know, regression to the means. Crazy. Uh, we will talk with Dr. Scott. Speaking of regression to the means, statistics and sabermetrics, our Brewers sabermetrics genius, Dr. Scott, on the way. You're locked on Brewers. When you're driving to work or from work or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Brewers, and we'll be right there with you for the drive. It is Wednesday, which of course means it's Tuesdays with Dr. Scott. Well, okay, let me explain. Dr. (laughs) Scott is a medical professional doctor who had a medical professional doctor thing yesterday, and so he blew the show off, and now he's here, Uh, and he feels terrible. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Scott Borgenegan, you can true. find him. It is true. You can find him at uh, brew underscore maths on Twitter. That's his Twitter handle. Always a lot of great tweetable information for you there about Brewer's Sabermetrics. And, of course, brewmaths.com is the website. He's our Brewer's Sabermetrics genius. He's Dr. Scott. Normally on Tuesdays, this week on Wednesdays. Uh, happy early 4th, Dr. Scott. Now let's talk about why Orlando, our, our, our CS defense is terrible. Uh, let's dive into it. He... he <laughs> Um, he's the team's not happy, obviously, with what he's doing defensively. I find it fascinating. I understand his defense maybe this year is not as good as it was last year, but you know it's it's really interesting, kind of what's going on here. Saladino's getting playing time. Uh, Orlando's getting kind of talked to both publicly and probably privately. Uh, so, what do you see sabermetrically with his defense this year? Well, Arcia uh, basically reflects what the the team does. In other words, he's very good at making tough plays. He's very good at uh, making rangy plays, but he's also very inconsistent. And the team stats um, very much reflect that. If you look at the Brewers' runs per game, how many they allowed. um, Last year they were allowing 4.63. This year they're allowing 4.89. So, you know, they've dropped a little bit in that regard. And if you look at the defensive metrics below that, you know, defensive runs saved, the uh, outs above average, defensive efficiency, all of those numbers have gone from elite in 2018 to very middle of the road in 2019. Um, So, you know, the Brewers have taken a step back in terms of their defense. It's kind of the same thing with Arcia. Now, if you look at catch probability, which is kind of a fun stat, um, they put they assign star values to how difficult a catch is. Five star being the most difficult, four, three, two, one, um, all the way down. And so basically, uh, the Brewers last year they were third in just about their top three anyway, in just about every one of those. You know, one star, two star, all the way up to five. So they were elite at making 
catching balls that maybe they shouldn't have. This year, all the way down the board, they've dropped to very league average. And so that's what you see with Arcia as well. So are they, are they basically kind of blaming Arcia for that? I mean, is it is it other players? It's it's very fascinating to me, both, I guess, in that regard. And then you also talk about, uh, you know, the runs per game. But uh, I always thought, you know, mostly that was due to pitching. There's got to be a bunch of sabermetric stats that take pitching out of the equation as it relates to how good your defense is. Yeah, there are. And, and some of the ones I mentioned before um, are, are exactly that. You know, defensive efficiency looks at the percentage of balls in play that are converted to outs. Last year, the Brewers' percentage was 704, which was fifth best in all of the MLB. Um, this year, it's 681, which is just about league average. Hmm. If you look at total zone fielding, runs above average, that's another one that kind of factors out pitching Last year, the Brewers were third in the major leagues uh, with 45, a number of 45 there. This year, um, they're negative 11. League average is zero. So they've gone from, you know, the top of the heap to below average. Okay, so what would you, just you taking a look at those stats, what do you attribute that to? As you're saying this, I'm thinking, well, Grandal might not be quite as effective as Pena was behind the plate. Uh, Moustakis might not be as rangy, although they had Shaw there for the second half of last year, a good portion of it. So I don't know if that makes sense. Arcia might not be as effective. What do you see as, as far as what's changed and why are the Brewers suddenly middle of the pack when they were elite last year? I think it's kind of a regression to the mean. Um, I hate to say it, but, you know, a little bit of luck factors into making those really difficult plays. Um, and Lorenzo Cain can only do so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, outs above average was one of the stats I mentioned before. And Lorenzo Cain has eight outs above average, which means he's made eight outs this year that he probably that he shouldn't have. Um, the average major leaguer wouldn't have. Um, you look at the rest of the team, though. Gamble is the only other one who has a positive outs above average on the team with one. The rest of the Brewers are negative. Braun is the lowest with negative four. So, you know, uh, the the distribution. And the defense is uh, kind of, uh, it's reflective of, you know, there's, there's some guys in the field who can really make plays and who are elite. And then there are guys like Eric Thames. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to call out names, but, you know, we saw that tonight in the game, how these lapses that yeah. kind of are predictable really get in the way. Yep. And and one run losses, right? They've, they've, ton- they've lost a ton of one run games. As yeah, of late, especially. Of my head, yeah. But you're, yep, you're right. So, yeah, you don't know the stat, but yeah, they, they've lost a lot of those. I was kind of reading that on Twitter earlier, so I, I might have seen that where you didn't, but that's the point, right? So, anyway, okay, let's let's do this then, because this factors in maybe uh, to, to the next topic I wanted to discuss, and that is, you know, we're kind of at the all-star break here, just past the halfway point of the season, and I, I see a lot of tweets floating out there about uh, projected win totals, and I, it feels like a lot of it's based on run differential, which the Brewers are negative on, uh, mm-hmm. thanks in large negative part to... Two. Yeah, thanks... <laughs> Thanks in large part to sixteen nothing uh, loss to the Marlins, but but still that was just one game. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you make of all this, and and how accurate are the projected win totals that that we always see this time of year? I mean, I, I would generally guess they're pretty accurate, but there are anomalies where a team can get hot in the second half. That's true. Uh, you know, there <clears throat> the best way to talk about this, I think, is to start by getting getting everybody on the same page we have to make sure we know what the heck we're talking about the projected wins um market if you will Mm. is kind of dominated by three 
online presences. Uh, Fangraphs does a good job. 538 does a good job. And Baseball Prospectus probably does the best job. Let me explain. With Fangraphs and 538, they use the method that you basically just alluded to with run differential, runs scored, runs allowed. And it's pretty straightforward. Uh, they use a formula then to kind of calculate and project out the wins. If you look at Fangraphs and 538, they they agree exactly on how many wins the Brewers will end up with, 86 and 76, and both say they'll be second behind the Cubs. So I'll pause for booze right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> FTC, uh, 38. there's a 38% chance, uh, 538 says, and maybe they're just stuck on that number, <laughs> but I don't think so. Th- Thirty-eight. They say there's a 38% chance for the Brewers to win a division and a 55% chance for the Brewers to go to the playoffs. Now, baseball prospectus, they take this whole thing up a notch. They have three orders of predictions. The first order is based on what we talked about, the run differential, run score, runs allowed. The second order looks at how many times a team should have scored, quote-unquote, based on what the underlying stats are. Hmm. Third order then goes up another notch and takes the second order formula and then adjusts it for the quality of opponents. The interesting trend here um, is that as we go up in order, the Brewers' win percentage, projected win percentage, goes up. First order, 498. Uh, Second order, 520. Third order, 528. If you look at that 528 third order uh, percentage, projected percentage, it it equals 85.5 wins, which is right on par with what Fangraphs and 538 said. Wow, so they take a a more complex, higher... Uh, what higher detailed approach, and it basically comes out to the same as the other two. That's right. <laughs> I don't like that. I want 90. 90, mean, 90 means playoffs usually. We so. need to make some phone calls. And so do you, I mean, it's hard to, I guess it's kind of hard to track, but are, are these guys generally pretty accurate? Uh, do they, I guess you, you have, you know, fluctuations here and there on a given team uh, in a season, but do you, do you feel like these these are pretty spot on year over year predictions? Well, the earlier, the, the more data you have, the, the larger the sample size is, the more accurate they become. And so at this point in the season, they really start to have some statistical significance. You know, the Brewers started off, what was it, 6-2 and two or 7-2? and two? Yeah. And, you know, like, or, or a team, you take it even a step further, that, that starts off 8-0. You're not going to project them to go 162 right. and 0, obviously, yeah. and so it's much more difficult to project a small amount of data into the future. But we're kind of at that point in the season where they are going to get pretty accurate with what they're predicting. All right, well, a little bit of a downer, but hopefully the Brewers can surprise a little bit and then get to that 90 win mark. Where kind of what I've been thinking, I've been hoping for. I guess best case scenario, they'd be maybe 92 wins, something like that. But uh, there's quite a bit of a difference between 92 and 86 wins in Major League Baseball. So we'll see uh, how the second half plays out. Maybe make a trade. Uh, you know, maybe hint, that's hint. that's how you make a difference. You yeah, know, you change the roster. Uh, yeah. and I think that we're going to be buyers at the end of July here. So yep. that that could be the difference you're talking about. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Doctor Scott, we'll do it again next week on Tuesday. Uh, you know, don't be a doctor, be a guest on our show. Okay, forget about your day All job right. for once. Priority. Crying out loud. That's Doctor Scott Porkenhagen. You can find him brewmaths.com. Also, brew underscore maths on Twitter at brew underscore maths for great Twitter content. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you. So the Brewers are forty six and forty, a game up on the Chicago Cubs, who have really been scuffling lately. They lost five to one to Pittsburgh yesterday, and then three and a half up on 
the St. Louis Cardinals, who lost, I believe, in Oakland uh, last night. So uh, there you have it with the division standings. The Brewers in Cincinnati, Game 3 of this four-game series today. Can Jolice Chassin have a second straight really good start after after struggling? Uh, we'll see if this Brewers starter track of solid starts can continue a second time through the rotation here. Uh, Sonny Gray gets the start for the Reds. Not all in all too bad this year as ERA at 3.94 and was pretty good his last time out against the Cubs, allowing only two earned runs and six and a third. But the Brewers got him the time before that on June 21st at Miller Park. He allowed four earned in four and a third, so maybe the Brewers can get to him again. You hope that's the case. You know Sonny Gray will be looking to rebound and uh, have a better start against the Brewers than he did uh, last time out. So that's what's on tap for today. Again, no show tomorrow because I'm going to be shooting fireworks off uh, late tonight and I'm not going to be able to get up for the show. Plus, it's just a holiday. You know, we got to take a holiday here. So no show tomorrow, but Friday, be back to recap the Brewers and the Red Series and preview Pittsburgh and the weekend set before the All-Star break here uh, for the Brewers. So that is what's in store, and hopefully the Brewers can rebound off the ugly loss last night and get back on the winning track of things here in Cincinnati tonight. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S or at Lockdown Brewers, the show handle. So give us a follow on Twitter, also Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. And uh, please also rate and review the podcast. We've had some good five-star ratings. Appreciate that very much. And uh, go ahead and make some comments over there on our uh, podcast platforms, and I'll try to read some of those off on the show. And and uh, just continue to spread the word about Lockdown Brewers. We continue to grow, and we're going to be continuing to grow for a while. So please tell a friend or a brewer fan. Make them aware of Lockdown Brewers. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Brewers. I'm Ben Larson. Talk to you Friday when we deliver your daily Brewers fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Brewers, Brewers, Brewers.